Traveling the Vortex. We've joined Doctor Who as he travels through time and space <laughs> and arrives at episode number 290. I'm Keith. I'm twitching. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? I'm good. Twitching? Twitching. <laughs> Did you guys have a good week? I had a fine week. It was okay. I didn't know I remember anything I did, so it must have been a good week. <laughs> what level are you on? <laughs> Too much uh, Pokemon 20. Go. I broke 20 last night. broke 20. Night. Yeah, level nice. 20 last Congrats. I'm 15. Ooh, nice. Wow, you really advanced then, didn't you? Yeah. You were quite a bit behind me when you started. What level were you on last week? Five? I don't remember five. It gets harder and harder to level up the higher you get to because the well, yeah, experience usually is so how it is. Nice, well, because I had caught so much junk, um, main, main, mainly pidgeys, I, uh, I, I pulled a page out of your playbook. I played my lucky egg and then evolved a bunch of them, so I got double experience double for XP. it while I was sitting at a, uh, a lured pokey stop. That's how and you do it, and catching more Pokemon. Kind of double whammied everything, so... It was like, ling, ding, ding, yeah, give me the points. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Mel is still ahead of me, but, you know. I didn't do much either. Keith, are, are you are you on the pokey wagon Still yet? not on the pokey wagon. Oh, why aren't you on the pokey wagon, Keith? Just don't have any interest in it. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I know a lot about it. Just not playing it. Because Audie's playing it now, right? Uh, he wa- He's going to with his dad. Huh. But he knows about it, and they were talking about it. And I've just picked up a lot through osmosis, and you know, and that's <laughs> all the news stories that we've been running this. Week. And Glenn's talking about it at work. Well, he's not. He's not, been, he's not been too bad. <laughs> I try to keep it on the down low at work, and at I'm least afraid, until the boss leaves. <laughs> I'm afraid that. Well, I'm afraid there's so many people now playing at work that we're gonna get somebody's gonna get in trouble for it. We're all yeah. gonna get dinged for it. So, I always play pretty incognito at work when I can. Keith knows I'm playing because he knows the sounds now. But <laughs> <laughs> well, and when your social media feed is filled with uh, Pokemon stuff, you kind of <laughs> nothing for me though. I, I post on a pay of group that I'm on. And that's pretty much it. I don't put it in my normal feed. I, I was so excited. I have not one but two pokey stops at the station, Ooh. and they are just far enough. I can't catch them at my desk. Oh no! So I actually have to walk up to the front of the building, and uh, th- that I, uh, looks suspicious. From my desk, stretching your legs. From my desk, every five minutes. <laughs> from my desk, I can hit the pokey stop, but every once in a while, the GPS will go wonky, and he'll wander out of the thing. So I just turn off the Wi-Fi and turn the Wi-Fi back on, and it re positions my GPS <laughs> and goes back into the area. So. Your desk is kind of at the back of the building. I am. So. I'm all the way at the back of the building. These are all the way at the front. So. The kids finally took their first gym tonight. So we uh, they actually chose Mystic. <laughs> they went against their dad and <laughs> chose Team Blue. <clears throat> mm. Give, give me a give me a give me a give me a fist bump here. Anyway, are you blue? Yeah. So we got over to uh, we went to Gage Park tonight and uh, Mason can play if I hotspot him and he is with his iPad. And unfortunately, I think there was just so many people at Gage because we went to the uh, Rhinich Road Guard because that's where they drop lures all the time. And we were going to walk around there and get Pokemon, and but Mason's GPS just would not. It kept going out, kept going out, kept going. Out. Mm-hmm. So we hotspotted him to Caitlin to see if that would help, and it didn't. 
So we just wondered if there was just so many people around there that because he doesn't have a phone, it was wigging his GPS out. So we got in the car and actually drove around Gage Park and got some pokey stops. And once we got away with Gage, from Gage Park, his GPS was back. So we drove down just kind of through the city and hit some pokey spots on the way. And we'd stop every once in a while where it looked like there was some activity and get some. And then finally they said, well, I said, well, there's this gym, gym over here. It's a, set, it's a two-level gym. Uh, and... Uh, it's instinct, which is the other, the third team. So I said, we can all tackle that together, and we aren't fighting against each other. And then, you know, we'll see who gets. I knew I was going to get the gym because I've got massive Pokemon. But Caitlin was playing, and I was, I was playing, and we got the gym down. And so she says, well, what do I do now? I said, well, you claim it. Get in there. So I said, go ahead and get in there. So she got in there and set hers. And, of course, Mason set one. He didn't even battle. He just set one in because she got the prestige up so that you could put two in it. <laughs> <laughs> or I guess between the two of us, we'd knock the prestige down. But so he just threw one in there, and then he was higher than her. His CP was higher, <laughs> so he's he's sitting at the top of the gym, and she's the next level down. She was a little miffed by that because she took the gym down. But then I said, you know what? I could probably take this from you, but you guys earned that, and we're just going to leave it. So we took all. I don't know if they've, they've still got. It. I'm sure there was a level two gym with they had very low CP <laughs> Pokemon in it, so I'm sure it's probably been taken over again. I, I thought it's not too far. I thought about driving by there on my way home tonight and seeing if it's if they're still in it. But uh, if if some other blue team players had come behind them and bolstered it up, then they'll be in there for a while as long as somebody doesn't come over and take it again. So Well, 3 in the morning apparently is when uh, red team goes on their rampages. I don't <laughs> know that that's true. I think it... Well, that that was Keep true. in mind, I'm getting that a bunch of true. blue team propaganda from that the was, other household I members. Think that so. certainly, I think that certainly was true. I think, though, that last night Instinct must have made a push because I woke up this morning and there was yellow gems all over town. I had never seen so many yellow gems in my life and I thought, where do these guys come from? <laughs> Denver was all yellow. Just every, it, right? everywhere we huh. went was yellow, yellow, yellow. And I was like, well, it's kind of a different change for <laughs> what it is back home. Because here they're primarily red and blue going at it. Every now and then you'll see a yellow one crop up. But hmm. Denver was all yellow. I put my uh, Valor shirt on to head to the park tonight. Well representing. <laughs> that was, that's it. I've been playing Pokemon all week. I mean, I don't want to make it sound like I haven't done anything else. But I really can't. I didn't watch anything this week. I didn't even watch any shows. Um, there's been... I've been trying to keep, keep, other than what I get at work, I've been trying to keep the news off because it's been so depressing. So. Yeah, me too. Of course, I do that all the time anyways. Yeah. <laughs> I've uh, been reading a lot. Over 200 pages in the game of uh, Clash of Kings. Now. Oh. Yeah. And then started on... Uh, moving fast. Yeah. I'm moving through it quicker than I did Game of Thrones. And I'm really liking it. It's really good so far. Uh, and started Showstoppers uh, last night because I had to work overnight. So, mm. and I've been mainlining season two of The Leftovers, and it is so good. Oh, it's even better than season one. It is incredible. Some of the storytelling they're doing in this, and insane. I've got three episodes left for the season, which, considering I started it like two Saturdays ago, for me <laughs> is really quick. good. That yeah, is good. That's how good it is, and I was. Hoping to watch another one tonight, but I didn't have time before coming to record. <laughs> yeah. So you worked overnight last, last night, night? Saturday night into Sunday morning. So you're probably tired. Yeah. So probably in the last 36 hours, I've gotten like five hours of sleep. Well, I'll keep what I did brief. <laughs> no, do, what'd, what'd you do, Sean? It sounds like you had quite the adventure. I do. We went to Denver. 
How was Denver? Denver was cool. Did you see my sister? Actually, Denver was not cool. I don't like Denver, quite honestly. I don't like Denver? I don't like Denver. I didn't see your sister. Not that your sister has anything to do with Denver not being cool. (laughs) I've never been to Denver, so when I go, I'll have to report back and see if you're wrong or not. It's one of those things that, you know, you go to different places and they have that atmosphere. You know, Chicago's got a really cool atmosphere, I think, and... uh, um, Oh, L.A. and different places. like Denver's supposed to be one of those kinds of places, and it's not. It's just a big city. My sister likes it a lot. The so claim far. to fame is the mountains, and there aren't any in Denver. I mean, it's like, oh, we're mile high. Yeah, but it's still flat. <laughs> You're just at the top <laughs> of the slope. My sister can see the uh, mountains from her apartment. Yeah, they're, they're over there. You can yeah. see them. Yeah. They're just not here. You can see them from just about anywhere in Denver, but... It's because they're big. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, uh, we, we did a quick trip. We went down, uh, actually spent uh, a little bit of time in uh, Breckenridge and then Frisco, which is my second home, eventually the first home, <laughs> and then came back to Denver for a Sting and Peter Gabriel concert. How was the concert? Oh, my God. It was so cool. It was wonderful. It's probably probably the second best concert I've ever been to, only behind Paul McCartney. Wow. Is this your first time seeing them? Yeah. Yeah. And then as soon as I found out, I bought tickets and I told Mel, I was like, drop whatever you're doing. We're going to go see Gabriel. You know, Sting's an added bonus, but I'm going to go see Gabriel. And um, they didn't have any. I jumped on as soon as I could. They didn't have any seats together anywhere but up in the nosebleeds. I was like, okay, whatever. So we got in, and the the stage is this little postage stamp down below, and they had these big video screens on either side of it. And our seats are one row from the roof so we're one row down <laughs> from the top row of seats so far around the horn that we're actually kind of behind one of the video screens looking down on this posted stamp stage you can't really see because there's a video screen in the way and Mel looks at me and she goes these seats suck <laughs> <laughs> like yeah but you know what we're in the building I'm not going to complain about it I could be down I'm not, I'm not that guy we're, we're on vacation we're do this little thing and this woman comes by and she talks to these people down here and she's got this thing on her hip and goes, spits out a receipt and she gives it to them and they leave. She talks to these people, spits out a receipt and they leave. And I said, I think they're moving people. Because that actually happened to me when we went to see Paul McCartney. They didn't have the stage schematics yet, so they didn't know where things were going to be. And we got to our seats and they had erected a light stand literally right in front of us. You could not even see that there was a stage in Arrowhead Stadium. (laughs) And they came by and said, would you like to move? And we said, yes, we would. And they moved us. Um, And she came up and said, wow, your seats kind of suck. Would you like to move? (laughs) Direct quote. And we said, yes, please. So they moved us one section over to the right. So we're a little more, we're still on the corner, but we're a little more in front of it now. And then all the way down into the main body of uh, seats that go around. Uh, So we were literally in the 10th row from the stage oh, wow. just not on the floor we wow. were in the stands oh. <laughs> <laughs> that may have contributed greatly to how awesome this concert was yeah. I'm not going to lie um, but I've got video and pictures that I will post at some point but it was it was really cool and of course nice. they, they I, I was wondering how they were going to do it because you get two artists of that caliber and it's like well is there an opening band or how are they going to you know and Peter Gabriel came out and did a song Sting came out and did a song <laughs> then Peter Gabriel did a Sting song, and then they did a song together, and then I mean, just it was one of those things. Occasionally, the the band, I mean, they rocked three drum kits <laughs> on most of these things. Occasionally, the band members would kind of float off and on, 
it's like, oh, I don't have a piece in this one, and they would go off stage. But for the most part, they shared everything. The whole the setup and everybody played on everything, and there was several of them where, you know, if you didn't have something to do, they would just sit back on the drum apron and they would dance. Sting <laughs> hung out with the backup singers the whole night anytime he wasn't up on lead and sang with them. I mean, it was amazing. Wow. And uh, we only got one encore, but they came out and did Every Breath You Take, followed by Sledgehammer. Oh. And it's like, I can't even be mad at you. <laughs> you, you, end, you end with that, and it's like, yeah. And then there were no hotels. Uh-oh. Denver apparently doesn't have any hotels. Oh, you had booked ahead of time? You were going to grab something? No, because we didn't know where we were going to be at because of the whole Cheyenne right. situation. Right. Um, we weren't even sure that we were actually going to get to go. So we thought, well, we'll just play it by ear. Interesting factoid. Um, the tourism industry in uh, this part of the country is alive and well in the summer. <laughs> there were no hotels, unless we wanted to drop $600 a night on one Denver. Well, no one wants to uh, go to Denver in any other the cold months, that's for sure. But um, from Denver, we thought, well, we'll just go ahead and get started, and we'll go to Lyman, which is the next, you know, next one out. Nothing in Lyman. So of course, what time of night is this? Is, well, this we got we we drove out of Denver about midnight because, of course, you know we thought, well, the parking lot's packed. What do we do? Well, we could Pokemon hunt. <laughs> <laughs> so we wandered around downtown Denver and Pokemon hunted while we were waiting for the parking lot to fill up. We didn't leave Denver till about um, midnight. Uh, I got into Colby <laughs> about four and was like, okay, I'm Colby, Kansas, Colby, Kansas, wow. and went, oh. I'm looking for a hotel room. I don't care. Wow. I'm so tired. <laughs> And uh, the one we got into only had four rooms left. And I said, fine, I'll take one. And the guy looked at me real apologetically. He says, checkout's at 11, and I have to charge you full price. Are you sure you want to do that? I'm like, I don't care. i gotta have a, I got to have a bed. I'm tired. <laughs> so we had to drive all the way to Colby to find a room. Wow. Everything, And I said, is, this, is there something going on that I'm not aware of? He says, summer. He says, it'll be like this through Labor Day. Huh. I said, you're kidding me. Huh. So be aware if you're driving through this part of the country, book ahead of time. Yeah, no which normally I do, but like I said, right. this was kind of a, a kind of a fluke. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so we did that, and it was amazing. We also uh, we got all the way up to whatever episode of Agents of Shield where they hit Grant, what used to be Grant Ward, with a with a bazooka, and it didn't phase him. <laughs> I think I've got like three episodes left for the for the season will be current. So it's like. <laughs> And then we finished season one of Arrested Development. Oh. So. What do you think so far? I'm loving it. That's oh, hilarious. It's it? really good. So good. So witty. And it's, it's uh, I don't know if I've said this before, it's one of those shows that I feel bad because they set up the joke, like, in the first <laughs> five minutes of the episode. This is the joke, you know? And then you don't, you kind of forget about it, and you're going on and on and on, and then all of a sudden, here comes the payoff for that joke, and it's like, oh, I should have seen that coming. <laughs> but I'm still laughing, you know? So, yeah, we've really been enjoying it. Other than that, I haven't done much because we were <laughs> on the road. Yeah. <laughs> I started watching Bat Soup tonight. No review on that until I get finished with it. So. so look forward to that next week, pretty much. Yeah. Any news? No news. Anybody else do anything before I jump ahead to news? No. no. We He's did. tired. We I'm trying to. We <laughs> no, news. no news. No news. So feedback. Any feedback? Our feedback comes from Robert this week. Hey. Hi, Robert. Hey, Robert. Feedback from Robert. He says, guys, I'm sending you a quick note about the next two Friday Night Who tweet-alongs. I hope one day you'll be able to check out the Rift Tracks versions of both Peter Cushing Doctor Who movies. As I'm rarely up that late, I won't be joining you. Though I might watch each Rift Tracks movie on Saturday. 
I haven't watched them in a while, so it may, maybe it's time for a rewatch. Yours, Roberts. Which, and he did, he tweeted and Facebooked us that he did watch it on Saturday. Yep. The nice. version. Well, thank you, Robert. And, of course, uh, for those of you that maybe are, are newer to the podcast and we haven't said this recently, yes, we will get around to watching the Rift Tracks versions at some point, but as is the Traveling the Vortex tradition, we have to expose Keith to the raw, unedited, <laughs> as it <laughs> Original. was originally broadcast version of these things. So we did just the uh, the regular theatrical version, and we will do the regular theatrical version of uh, Dalek Invasion of Earth, or Dalek Invasion Earth 2150 A.D., <laughs> um, <laughs> I wonder if that's why the second film didn't do as well. Is it mouthful of a title? Like Batman vs. Superman, Donald Justice? That's why yeah. I call it Bat Soup. <laughs> was so the next movie Dalek Soup? Yeah, well, well, no, there's no soup in it. <laughs> Bat Soup, Batman, Superman. Yeah, yeah. See, that, that works. This would have to be Dalek Ad. <laughs> <laughs> that it can make work. But um, So we'll do the regular one for that next week, and then at some point. Well, I guess after this point, you're free and clear. I can watch the you can watch the rift tracks at any point. Well, on the first one, first statute yes. limitations oh, yes. is up on that one. You're not allowed to watch the second <laughs> I one. I got yet. a week for the other one. You got a week to go. You can watch the second one if you want. Although it would, might make my uh, commentary for the Friday Night Who a little bit a little bit better. <laughs> Get some material from the rift tracks. I thought you had good commentary. Well, thank I thought you. you did too. Uh, you can send us feedback if you want uh, to feedback at travelingthevortex.com or through our website. TravelingTheVortex.com There's a Send Us Feedback tab Or as Robert did Tweet at us Or send us a direct message On Twitter At TravelVortex Or Facebook TravelingTheVortex And of course Don't forget the Goodreads Book Club uh, Weigh in on Moonblink Which is the book of the month Right now And of course Join in for Friday Night Who too Friday yeah. Nights at Midnight I was there this week You were there you this were. week We were so proud of you Almost wasn't because I couldn't get the audio to work on my DVD player, but I had. Oh, finished. that's what you yeah. said at the beginning about had to yeah, record back. That's why up. I was behind a bit. Actually, I I squeaked forward because I was only a minute behind, so I just squeaked forward about oh, a minute. Yeah. That's why I was pretty much up with you guys most of the way. It would have been well, hard for the well, course. Well, been thirty of thirty forty five minutes uh, uh, seconds of that was all credit, so yeah. I didn't miss hardly anything. <laughs> and I, plus, I'd, I've seen it again recently. So. Other than the awesome credit music, <laughs> I do yeah. like the credit music. Very 60s. I'm going to have to see if I can find that so I can put it on my collection of movie credit music CD. I think I have it, Sean. I'll have to really? Look. I'll have to look. I think I have <clears throat> well, should we move on to our review? Yeah, Since let's we've do. already kind of started. British film legend Peter Cushing plays everyone's favorite Time Lord and having invented a, the TARDIS, a strange machine capable of traveling into other dimensions, the Doctor and his, young, his three young compa- uh, accomplices... No. Set forth on a quest through time and space. Companions was um, trademarked. <laughs> Apparently, as was another phrase uh, I noticed that wasn't in this film. Uh, their journey takes them into the dark, undiscovered depths of the universe into the planet Skaro, a primitive world devastated by nuclear war and populated by two warring species, the peaceful tribe known as the Thals, and a life form heavily mutated by radiation, encased in protective machines. A merciless force of destruction known as the Daleks. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I, I enjoyed this one. It's just an enjoyable film. I mean, it's 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 very much in line with it, the It doesn't TV stray series. too much. Now, no. Terry, Terry Nation pretty much took the script he wrote for the TV series <laughs> and translated it for film. 
changed. I, I wonder if some of the characterization changes were Terry Nation or if that was the director's. Like Ian being a bit more comedy and not as man of action. Well, I did think he's not pigeon. That's just it. The characterization is what gets to be changed because he's not pigeonholed into an established character. It's true. He gets to make the character his own. All the characters kind of I get think to make that, it their own. I almost wonder how much of this may have been his original script for it and maybe they changed it to fit the TV format oh, yeah, a little bit better. Be. Um, I think also, though, it's. I, I, I love 60s kitsch. I love it. I just. I, I eat those films up. Uh, Casino Royale. I love that movie. I was. I, I, Hammer and most Hammer films are like that. Yeah. I just I like that style of of movie making, and so this has always been right in line with that. And because I can separate it from Doctor Who proper <laughs> and recognize it for what it is, which is just really a fun science fiction fantasy film. I sense a dig coming on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I quite enjoy this movie. It, it's it's really colorful. It's got a lot of great music. Um, it the, condenses the story in a very good does. way. It <laughs> does. The, the, the chasm takes all of five minutes as opposed to an well, entire episode. Even, even <laughs> I, I went back and rewatched part of the Daleks. So, and the first three episodes take 30 minutes in the movie. I mean, it's yeah. impressive how much they condense down into this film. And yet you don't really feel like you're, you're you don't losing miss, anything. Yeah, you don't lose much. No, it doesn't feel like anything's really cut out of it. You know, Everything in just in the series is really just kind of expanded on. Yeah. Kind of broadened kind of, to, to make it. Yeah, broaden, know, broaden's a better word episodes. than I was going to say dragged out. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some stuff is there dragged out. Some there's things things there's only dragged, one thing yes. that's dragged out. <laughs> Well, even to some extent, the petrified forest at the beginning is, while it's interesting and cool, it takes up a whole episode, yes, yes. and it's kind of, okay, well, come on, let's move on. Yes. Well, almost a whole episode. Agreed. Uh, I, I agree with you, Glenn. The, the, part of what makes this film so enjoyable is the 60s aspect to it, and the colorful nature, and it feels like a sci-fi 60s, a B-sci-fi 60s film at the time, mm -hmm. and I absolutely love those films. And that's too. what it is. It is a B-film. It really is a B-movie. Um, what I thoroughly enjoy about it is I have only, I'm only ever familiar, ever been familiar with um, Peter Cushing from the Hammer Horror films and from Star Wars. <laughs> and so to see him in a different type Such of role as a character. doting old man is just a joy. He he you you don't see Peter Cushing at all in this in this No, movie, no. in this story and it's just it's so fun to watch. So And fun. it's such a different uh, portrayal than William Hartnell does yes, too. Yes, absolutely. Really? I thought so. I thought it was very it it, it, it almost it, seemed it, to me like that's where exactly they were aiming. Like they they showed him the serial and said we want this. He he doesn't quite have the hmms and the my my my's, but he he's got the rest of the. He doesn't seem as gruff. Well, to well me. I you know well yeah that's true. It, I mean, that's just it, it, he's warm and grandfatherly Hartnell. in this. Yeah, and Hartnell is never warm and grandfatherly. He's occasionally you get a little. Once, bit once of you that. get to Vicky, a but little he's bit more. And he's very the the. In Hartnell's doctor is very. I know what's best. I know what's best. I know what's going on here. I'm going to figure this out. I'm in charge. Cushing's doctor is very team player. I'm the smartest man in the room, but I'm open to suggestions. I'm going to look at things from different angles. I'm going to. I think it's a, a vast difference from Hartnell. I guess I can see and that. And it's interesting that you say you think that because I saw an interview that I actually read in a magazine that they had done with Cushing years ago, and he never even saw the series. He had no idea, no connection really? whatsoever. <laughs> he knew nothing about it when he took this role. 
So he went, took, and made it his own. So everything that he got from the doctor that you saw in Hartnell, he got from that script. So very which, which in some then. of the stuff plays very differently than Hartnell did, like the fluid link. That and part in particular, the, the way he, the way Hartnell portrays that is almost more menacing and more. I don't care what you think. I'm right. doing my own thing. Which you don't think was and, initially and the intent for the doctor. No, I, don't I don't think, think Terry so wrote it that way either. But it comes across yeah. that way because of Hartnell's performance, which is great. It works out okay for. It, it's a nice way to bury it up, and, and with while there was a little bit of well, I did that because I wanted to explore the city. It didn't doesn't come across as adversarial or, um, oh, what's the other word I'm thinking of. Malicious. Yeah, malicious. Well, Cushing Con- conflict confrontational yeah. about it all. Yeah. Cushing's when 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 confronted with it, it's like well, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. I did this so we could explore the city. Forgive me. He's very apologetic, properly yes. chastised. Whereas the doctor in the series always comes across as, oh, I goofed up. Why did I do that? You know, and 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 still isn't very apologetic for it. It's more of a. Uh, I'm sorry that I made this mistake to himself. He's almost more apologetic yeah. to himself for goofing up rather than saying genuinely to all his companions, I'm, you know, I did this, I'm sorry. So. Yeah, yeah, and and almost a bit more of, oh, crap, that they got the fluid link as opposed to, that, and that's the aspect that he feels like he goofed up more in the, in the serial than yeah. in the movie. I think the only time that I think Cushing seems most like Hartnell's Doctor is when he's trying to convince the Thals to go to war against the Daleks. Yes. I think the manipulation that he uses is very much in line with the same way that Peter Cushing does it in this film. And yeah. so I think they both come across similar. But other than yeah, that, I, I think agree. it's quite different. And it's interesting to see how they change the... Uh, what, what do they call them here? The accomplices. <laughs> 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 and, and, and it's interesting to see the fact that it's the two... Um, two grandchildren and the and the one boyfriend yeah. in all of this and and the fact that Ian is such a bumbling kind of goof that is the accidental man of action and a hero to the story, but still in that comedic way is yeah. such an interesting way to change the character. Yeah. And while Susan is much younger kind of still plays a very similar and so does Barbara because Barbara and Susan almost have that sisterly relationship yeah. from the get-go. I would agree. Um, there's a little less of Barbara consoling Susan in the movie but th- that part doesn't change too much. Right. I think also Susan comes across very a little more headstrong than Susan in the uh, series. Not so much the... she's she's This Susan's a very brave... Oh yeah, uh, version of Susan. Whereas <laughs> I can almost I, believe her as a Time Lord more than the TV version. <laughs> yeah, I think that 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 Susan in the TV series was probably mistreated in the sense that they were just looking for a screaming teenager. Oh yeah, but yeah. Uh, damsel in distress type. Uh, this Susan really is very you know she takes things upon herself. I'm going to do this. You know, uh, when everybody's getting sick from the radiation and she realizes she's the only one that can go get the drugs, she just stands up and says, "I'm going to go do yeah. it." And you know they probably would have tried to keep her from it, except for the Daleks. Kind of say, yes, she's she's going to go. And then uh, I think the uh, the other one is when they are trying to when when Ian's in the Dalek, and which the hand for the Dalek is much creepier. Oh yeah, it's it's black and white. Although it's very much the same shot. 
uh, even the just kind of the crawling with the hand type <laughs> movement, you know, not movement, but like how it kind of looks like it's gonna start pulling its cross itself across the floor. But when she when they're when he's in the Dalek and they're going down the hall and she takes it on her own to you know no no I'm not gonna go you know th- that that yeah. kind of the ruse to kind of distract the one Dalek who's going to report them to find out because he doesn't know anything about this prison transfer. So she kind of takes that upon herself. The one thing with that bit that I kind of missed from the serial was the fact of Ian actually getting control of the tar- of the Dalek and kind of getting to play the Dalek. I wish I kind of wish that was in yeah. the movie because that was such a fun moment in the serial. The Thals, I think, are very... Are very much in line with how they are there in characterization wise in the in the serial. It's just uh, the makeup and the co- well, even not the costumes too much. Costumes it's mostly pretty much the same. Yeah, the, the makeup was and the blonde just, hair. Yeah, um, it's just seeing them in color just makes them even more alien. Well, they they have they have kind of a green tinge to them. So they've obviously got or green or grayish tinge to them. So they kind of obviously have some sort of body paint on. But I think the most interesting thing was the detailing of the eyebrows and the eye shadowing. Yeah. Um, I think these thals, and as you said with the colorization, makes them much, look much more alien, whereas they look much more humanoid or human in uh, the series in black. Do you know what they reminded me of? Um, obviously, this came first chronologically, but do you remember that episode of Buck Rogers um, in the 25th century, the Gil Gerard series, with... Um, <laughs> Glad you added all that. I I wouldn't have known what Buck Rogers series you were talking about. Well, it was an old black and white serial. Obviously, I'm not referring to that one, but I could have been. The serialized version. Um, the one with the golden man and and his son, who actually happened to be his... his I uh, do sort of remember yeah, that, yeah. Th- that distinctive... I don't know why. It's a different color, even. But just something about it, that's what harkened back and popped yeah. into my head from from that. They look like fifties or sixties B movie sci fi oh, aliens yeah. to me is what they look like. They, so that's why I quite enjoy them. I think <laughs> to some extent they f- almost feel like they could have walked off the set of Star Trek. I think the yeah. original series, the original series, the original series. Yeah, yeah, I'd sure. buy that. Yeah, because it's also they're on the same time period. So I mean, because when, when, when did Star Trek run? Sixty six to sixty nine. Yeah, so it's I mean, also celebrating its fiftieth yeah, anniversary. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it's it's not too far removed in that aspect. Actually, that that might be kind of visually. That might have been what the, the the director might have been kind of going for. Was that same just that that era of look? And I think that Star Trek kind of mimicked that same era. Yeah, of I look. think so too. So I think that's probably well, comes be- across because of the product and, of the, of the time. And some of that is because it's affordable to do. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't require a lot of prosthetics, and it's just makeup and wigs. I right. mean, it's easy. <laughs> There's yeah. a reason they use that style for so long. Yeah, this actually uh, predated Star Trek by a year, being yeah, 65, it was 65. But I, like you said, this I think it's product, product of, of its time. time. Yeah. yeah. Which, and that's me looking at it backwards yeah. because you know, <laughs> <laughs> how else would I look at things? Even the uh, the colorful Daleks, um, I think, are. Really, kind of cool in a way. Oh, I, do, yeah. I don't. I don't I like, like the big the bumpers. That's the I'm one not, part of them I don't like. I don't like the big, thick, tall bumpers that they have. Everything else on them, I, I like. I like the colors and the claws and the. Yeah, I was surprised at how many more claws there were than plungers. 
There was a lot more, and they used them really well. No, I think the claw makes more sense. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> and I, I think probably Terry Nation and the set designer probably felt the same way. These well, guys really need something a little more opposable than a suction cup. They, they had more money to get claws instead of <laughs> suction cups for the Daleks. Well, I think they probably had more Daleks. Too well, well they, had, they certainly had more... <laughs> Uh, actual, well, physical. Yeah, actual physical Daleks, because as we know, in the Daleks, there's a bunch of 2D that cutouts in the background. That Did you happen to notice that shot when they do the big um, Nazi victory speech about we're going to explode the bomb and blah, 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 and there's a whole room full of the kind of silver and blue ones, uh, which I assume are the rank and file, but there's a whole room of them. Yeah. Like, they actually built yeah. these things. And I made the comment. I didn't I didn't type it, but it was like, you know, there's not a cardboard cutout or a mirror to be seen in this scene. They actually <laughs> built all these well, things. And the sets in this were impressive, especially that mountainside set where you see the three doors and then you see the kind of rocks. And then the, oh, fact the front that, of the city? Yeah, yeah, the fact that it then slides away for that big white lights, that was impressive mm-hmm. in and of itself. Yeah. Big soundstage for that one. Yeah, really, really impressive. I don't know how I feel about the slower-talking Daleks and kind of lower (laughs) register. It took a while a little bit to get used to. It does differentiate them a lot. And I I didn't notice this until I went back after Friday Night Who, since I needed to stay up because I was going to be working the overnight shift. Uh, I popped back in because I started Daleks and then picked back up. They never said exterminate in the movie. they do not. Mm -mm. Yep. Which is weird. <laughs> and part of it didn't register also until I read the graphic uh, the comic and the fact that they don't say it there either. And yeah. I was like, oh, hey, wait a minute, that was missing. Right, yeah. Well, I noticed that a long time ago. I'd forgotten about it until you brought it up again. But um, it's one of the, the, the key things about a Dalek that makes it a Dalek. Yeah. And so it, it's almost a little disturbing when it's missing. Yeah, I, and I think I could kind of get past the, the cadence and the voice more so if they said exterminate occasionally. See, I, the, I, I certainly noticed the cadence. I don't think the tone was any different. They certainly used... Um, I think oh, they... What's the... Uh, I can't remember the tool that, that Briggs has now that they used to use back then to use, to do the voice, but they, they've certainly used that. They've mimicked that as much as they can. I even think the pitch, for the most part... Some of them were lower than others, but yeah. the pitch for the most part. But I think because they don't get into that hysterics of... <laughs> Screaming that it, it doesn't, it, it they don't get to that level, and I actually kind of enjoyed the cadence of these dogs. As something you said that you were having a hard time understanding them, it just I felt like I could understand <laughs> them better because they were speaking slow. And I think it's because more because I'm so used to the other cadence that hearing it slower is kind of like, oh wow, okay, like, I kind of okay, need to focus more. Yeah, through <laughs> that statement. <laughs> Please. It was almost <laughs> like they brought William Shatner in <laughs> and hooked him up to the voice modulator yeah. for the one Dalek because there ring modulator. I think that's were what it's called. Many pauses. <laughs> and I, I think the idea modulator. was for audience to be able to understand them easier in the, in, in a theater as opposed to a TV. Well, I especially mean. when you're 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 looking at an international audience with a film, whereas yeah. with the TV series, it's for the most part isolated to the UK and then anything anybody that was buying uh, it internationally, but you know, it yeah. just wasn't as broad-reaching as this, so they probably felt that they needed to be a little more precise with the words so that you could understand it. And and with the Daleks taking longer to speak, they didn't have to drag out other parts of the story like a chasm. <laughs> <laughs> that chasm scene. I was... <laughs> 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 
that's how you do it. Keith, Keith and Freddie, who was questioning, are we going to get a chasm? I couldn't remember <laughs> no, where we're getting a chasm. I couldn't remember where it placed in the in that sewer sequence. Yeah. Yeah, we're definitely I remembered it was after the swamp, but then we got in, in the sewer, and I was like, whoa, okay. You thought we were going to get best, didn't you? I oh, thought, there's not going to be any chasm. I, nope, there's a chasm. I, I, for some reason, thought it was between the swamp to get into that tunnel oh, for whatever yeah, reason. Yeah. No, was once they got into the tunnel. Yeah. And as you tweeted, that's how you do it. Well, there's not as many of them going across. Well, that, either, that helps it's only a, a party of four. Yeah. So for for those that don't remember, we're we're referencing it, there's a whole episode it, segment it, of. It feels like the an Daleks. entire episode. I think it is an entire it's episode. Not the whole episode. It feels it's a, like it's a good show episode six, and it? it's right yeah, before well, the finale. Yeah. And then it uh, uh, Cliff hangs into the set into the finale, doesn't it? I think yeah. I think literally I think there's a, one guy. Falling, yeah. hanging on the rope, the, the literally cliff hanging on a cliff. Although, am I am I remembering this? Remembering this? The guy that that falls actually cuts the rope and dies. Right? He sacrifices. Himself. I thought so. This guy actually so. this guy actually falls into another little <laughs> extra, I don't know, a little wedge, and they they rescue him. And yeah. I was like, oh, that's. I was going to ask you, so did you finish? There. I didn't finish. You didn't finish, it. finish I, it I didn't yet. Get to finish You'll it. have to let us know next week when you uh, go I in. don't know if I'm going to go <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, but I remember he's him dying. Too. He's over it now. Let's just fast forward through the chasm. That's what I was. Then again, do. they had they they had like seven guys with them in the in the yeah. In there the was series. a lot more to get through. So they so they they had an they were expendable. expendable. <laughs> <laughs> they had a red shirt. There's a whole sequence in the in the original television episode where it's them crossing that chasm one at a time, and it's meant to be the big dramatic television, and it just took forever. And um, so when we got to it here, I, 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 I'd like to throw out an apology to anybody who follows us on Twitter because I let fly with something I don't normally <laughs> in my tweet, and it was like, oh, I feel bad now that I've typed that. So it wasn't family friendly. It was not family friendly. Well, my I must comment. have just blew right you, past it. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, I expected a stern lecture from you. <laughs> so uh, any, anybody who did read that, Get I apologize. Captain America's language. <laughs> you would have gotten a language from Captain America. Hey, let's that watch one. the language. But um, yeah, no, it's like oh, there's a chasm. <laughs> Rats, because I'd forgotten it was there too. It's been so long since I've yeah, seen that's... this. Just an all-around enjoyable. Yeah. And, and the computer room. Oh, with the, the, that's another impressive set. The, the Wheel of Fortune terminal that rotated <laughs> up out of the, you know, the big wheel. What yeah. reminded you of Quarks? The sound effects. Ah, it was the sound effects. Like, looking at this thing going, this doesn't look anything <laughs> like a Quark. Where's he getting Quarks from? It, it, it was right, before though, I could the, see the, the computer. The sound it sounded was, like yeah. that. Well, I've retconned that. I know exactly what it is. The Daleks went out and they found the quarks and they completely dominated <laughs> them and took them over. See what I did there? <laughs> dominated. Yeah. And they, and they, they brought, put them inside the They brought all the quarks back to their planet and hooked them up. And they're inside the wall doing this, generating power for that computer and chirping. Because that's all they're <laughs> allowed they to do. Or they put them in there sideways so that they're doing this to open the wheel and close the wheel. Oh, yeah. See, that could work too. <laughs> or turn the wheel this way. Some of them probably are, and others are. <laughs> There's a few of them that are hanging upside down as chandeliers in the hallways. <laughs> well, obviously, if some of those wall decorations did not look like they would have come from Daleks. All, obviously, if you're a uh, um, decommissioned Dalek, your eye stock is reused to yeah. put in the walls. <laughs> a camera. Well, what do you think was running through the pipes? That wasn't was that? fresh water. That was Dalek innards. We established that later. That was a great effect to have the eye stocks be the cameras yeah. in the hallway. Well, of course. I mean, it makes it sense. Makes the most, yeah. I was really, I don't know. And, 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 but, but at the same time, it almost cheapened the 
the heroes dis- making that discovery because we're keyed into it so early on that, of course, it should have been obvious to them well, that yeah, that was a camera. As Barbara's especially walking down that hall, you see them follow her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see the movement of them. So. But it looks like their eyes, so you would think, oh, yeah. Didn't you figure out eye. there was already a camera in the room, though, um, when we saw them on the video screen and the Daleks <laughs> were watching them? I mean, I kind of I kind of guessed there was a camera in there anyway. Before those <laughs> eyes moved in that hallway, I figured those were all cameras. <laughs> I, one of the things that I've always loved about the episode, the Daleks, is the architecture of Scarrow. The, the you, you slightly rounded yeah, doors, doors and things like that, and the way the doors move. So when we get to the, the, the cell... And the doors kind of do the they even even to the inside into the the front of the building they did that yeah when they, 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 the they, they they split open sideways but also come rotate up from the bottom and I my my initial thought was that's so cool and then he puts the lighter or whatever it is down there to block them when they come back down and I was watching as they come back down they kind of have to because they just barely skirt the the flooring in order to position back into the center and then they kind of rock down into place and I looked at that and I went that is so inefficient. I mean, <laughs> I don't know why that's the thought that popped into my head, but just the design of those doors makes absolutely no sense, and I kind of missed the big rotating hinge door on the on the end from Scarrow. That's like, although to some extent, the the splitting in the middle makes a lot of sense because they are kind of triangular sort of shapes. Yeah. yeah. If 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 it didn't open all the way, it would. Well, if they hinge sense. differently, or you know, if something in the, the way the door frame was shaped, maybe. Well, I'm with you. If the doors had been slotted, if the floors had been slotted, slotted, they would have But they couldn't have done that because then the, the well, they wouldn't have been a roll right, over. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, they, yeah. So, <laughs> so here, here's a, here's a, here's a flaw with this thing. So you were telling me the Daleks can build this city, and they can build these travel machines. And the, sorry, I'm tapping on the thing. Uh, they they can build all this wonderful stuff. They've got this high technology, and they can't come up with a radiation truck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you know, they're good at or Davros they're good, developed the uh, machines. So I mean, <laughs> they're good at mechanics. They're not good at organics. Not good at mechanics. And they locked Davros away. So I mean, <laughs> he's down in the basement experimenting on clams. <laughs> you know, as much of a Davros fan as I am. <laughs> and I do. I love me some Davros. And I was Am completely I? fine with Genesis of the Daleks coming along and retconning all of the dogs. It is kind of nice to go back and realize we're in a universe without a Davros. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even have to you pretend to like Davros has, is the result, or these Daleks are the result of Davros. I like going back to the idea that there was this nuclear war or neutron war, <laughs> neutron bomb war. And uh, everything was pretty much, you know, devastated, and radiation is ravaging the planet, and the Daleks figured out to put themselves in casings to protect themselves, and the Thals figured out how to make a drug to keep themselves from getting sick. So... It's kind of nice not to. It's kind of nice to just say, you know what? In this universe, there's no Davros. Simplify it. Don't have to worry about it. Although, am I remembering uh, Genesis? They ended Genesis wrong, didn't they? Kind of rise up against him, and I kind yeah. of assume they defeated him. So they he wouldn't did. necessarily be in the basement experimenting. He'd be in some wherever he went to go to escape. <laughs> so you're asking questions for which. <laughs> Fandom has yet to really provide a satisfactory That's true. answer. Okay, all right, all right. I'll stop thinking the, about that. The, 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 Genesis, the, the last shot of Davros. We is, in destiny. We don't really get a clear answer no, as no. to how he escaped. The, the, the last shot of Genesis is his hand ready to stop the machine, and he gets 
blasted and the screen yeah. goes black and white and does the whole Dalek effect. And then the first scene we see of him in, in Destiny is he's in a disused lab covered in cobwebs, but still alive. <laughs> so He got blasted. Well, I think the best explanation we've ever gotten is he got blasted, but the uh, life support in his machine kept him alive. Yeah, that, and that's what I always kind of assume. That's kind of what... I think everyone is, everything has landed on in the idea. Sure. That being said, <laughs> I don't I, think you need a Davros no, in this universe. No, you so. don't. <laughs> and I agree with you. I, I, I kind of like the uh, not trying to wrap my brain around where Davros is during this whole story. I don't. I don't. I don't need to know where Davros is. I just need to know there were giant clams. <laughs> <laughs> that would make me happy. I didn't see a one of them, Sean. They were there. They were in the lakes. They were in the sewers. They were in the canyons. The giant clams aren't even in the Daleks. They're not even the, t- oh. <laughs> the TV movie or TV series. Well, I know because they're cast off mutations from Davros. But which you can almost <laughs> some of the lines they give in the actual episode, you can almost think that they could be out there out in the, in the petrified jungle or see? I think in the got, swamp. No, see, I think swamp. I think if they're in the water, whatever that creature in the water survived. If they're outside of the water. They ended up like that big old giant monster dog that well, Ian falls on and cracks. <laughs> so they're all petrified if they were above ground. Yeah, and they're so all, they'd be in the so they're, If they're in the swamp. Well, they're, and they're, they're, they're they in the talk lake. about the, the swamp having mutations in them. Yeah, so. Speaking of, the shot where Ian goes should, down. The water was irradiated, so yeah, you would still have mutations. Yeah. But the dog was petrified because yes, of, because the, bomb, of, them, of yeah. the blast. Yes. Yeah. So Ian goes down and goes, oh, I can wash some of the mud off. And he puts his face in the water. And we get that reverse cameras underwater looking up at him and his eyes all bug out. And he starts to scream. I've always thought that was the coolest shot. <laughs> I don't, even as a kid, I was like, wow, I'm terrified of whatever this is. Just his reaction oh, and, to it. And the fact that you never actually see it. Yeah. Genius. Really, yeah. <laughs> Love that. A lot of cool direction, Except, I think, in this. Except uh, yeah. in the TV series, we do see a little bit of the monster in the water, don't we? I think so. See the hand, a tentacle, a or, tentacle something. or something. Do see something yeah. Keith will let us know when he finishes. Because <laughs> I think we see <laughs> the guy also get the, the thaw that gets pulled in. I think we actually see him go in, don't we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I think so. Because we have an excess to get rid yeah. of. But we don't. Yeah, well, we know he goes in in the movie, but we don't see it. It all happens on yeah. screen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we don't know. He may have just screamed and ran away. <laughs> <laughs> There's movements. Ah! Not enough of us anyway. <laughs> run away. It's a dumb plan. <laughs> I need water for the trip back. I'll get it. Speaking of that petrified uh, creature in the jungle, it's kind of interesting that it's it falls apart when Ian in the movie does that, and in the series it's just robotic type thing instead of petrified. Was it robotic? Yeah, it was metal. Huh. I thought it. I thought it was just hard. They, I don't thought they, it didn't fall apart because it was just. Petrified. It was hard. Well, no, they they talked about it being metal and how they, oh, do they? how he uh, and the doctor theorizes about how there's some metal thing keeping it, or that would have kept it alive, and uh, so and that part died. Maybe of it. it was a Dalek experiment. That could have been one of the first travel machines. Yeah, they were trying or to get out. They wanted the a dog, <laughs> <laughs> and they needed. And it a, got out. Yeah, and they just got. <laughs> the dog was getting it. mutated, so they put it in its own metal casing, and it got out of the. I do that for Cody. Of course, if they'd have realized that if they'd have just made bipedal versions of that, they could have got out of the city. <laughs> Instead, they put themselves in big giant tanks that ran on on <laughs> static electricity and couldn't get outside the city. We don't see what they mutate into, so maybe they don't. 
I don't know. Oh, the claw. Let's talk about the claw. <laughs> well, we did. Oh, did we talk yeah, about the claw? Sorry. I missed the claw. Uh, on my Sean had to... Sean had a quick errand to run. Yeah, we can talk about the claw again. It, it was, looks creepy in color. It was cool. <laughs> and it, as I was telling Keith, it's almost the it's almost the same shot it's you get like, from the the series from the from the and TV it almost series. looks like the same prosthetic. It's just that same really, I don't, I don't remember the one on the TV show having it. nails. And uh-huh, I believe it did. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I thought it was just more. Of an it just appendage. wasn't green. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Although it may really, have been green, we just didn't see it. It probably was. They probably just pulled this. Really. Well, Harry probably pr- tucked that away and stuck <laughs> <laughs> that offset. And remember me, I'm Fred's hand. <laughs> um, apparently, it's been long enough since I've seen the Daleks. Then that I need to go back and rewatch it. I thought it was an well, it's a cliffhanger in it on the hand. Mm, I don't no. think so. Well, yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, it is. is it? It? Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, it goes to credits. We see yeah. the hand come out and it goes to credits, and then nothing anymore. <laughs> and they don't resolve it because we you know who knows what happened to that Dalek. I thought that was going to be a big plot point when I first saw the Daleks, and nope. <laughs> That's one thing, going back and rewatching that, there's not a lot of recapping uh-huh. from that story. just wanted to tease you a little bit. Just give you an idea what might be in the case. V-Baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of, kind of reminds me of... Kind of reminds me of V. Reminds me of a more of a scaly hand. look, yeah. Oh, it does, yeah. yeah. It even looks like... Yeah, you're right. It does. I hadn't thought of that, but it does. Without the webbing. I don't yeah. think Gremlins had the webbing. No, no. Well, Gremlins 2 may have. Because <laughs> <laughs> they mutated. A bunch of them did. Spider Gremlin. <laughs> Anything else uh, about the Doctor Who? Doctor Who and the Daleks? I quite enjoyed it. I think it might be one I would pick up on DVD. Yeah, it's an enjoyable it's a fun. I'm glad it's a fun it. movie. It's one of those. I almost, I almost want to have Sean order the steel book for me. <laughs> the sharp book and steel book. So nice. Well, and some of the bonus features on the on the Blu-ray looks really good too. Yeah, Not I, that you could watch them. I wish I could watch them. <laughs> if you get a region-free uh, Blu-ray player, yeah. I, which I'm, includes the Dalek Mania documentary. Yeah, that's cool too. I'm curious. Actually, the library has that. By the way, if you want to see that, I actually watched it long, long ago I when it was too. on Netflix. Oh, okay. I watched it back when it was when it, well when the doc, well, I got it from the library one time. I might have to go back and revisit it because now I'll understand some of what they're talking about. They interview they interviewed <laughs> the gal that played Susan in it quite quite a bit. So it uh, it makes me wonder if our enjoyment of it would be different. Was it not a rehash of an episode? I mean, if, if it you mean if it was a news story? Well, not even necessarily that. If Doctor Who wasn't necessarily a thing, let's let's pretend in this universe that Doctor Who does not exist. Or had we seen this and then later came to the show? Or vice versa, yeah. Either, either one. Would we still find this as kitschy and cool well, and robotic you know, monster 60s fun? I, think, I thought I had said this before. I actually saw Doctor Who and the Daleks before I saw the Daleks. Really? Yeah, because I, Dale- I saw Doctor Who and the Daleks probably in high school, I think it was. Maybe even a little after. Um, Were you aware of Doctor Who I as was, a show? I, I was aware of Doctor Who as a show. Okay. Though. So, but I, so I come to it from a different perspective, but... Watching, I was comparing the first time I watched the Daleks. I was comparing it to the movie, which is the reverse of what we're sort of doing here. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, I kind of came from it from that perspective and stuff. Now, again, were you thinking to yourself, "Man, they got a lot of people well, to get across this chasm"? No. <laughs> the interesting, I think it had Did been enough years. I think it had been enough years that I had forgotten. But the uh, no, the interesting thing about it was, I do remember going to the movie after having been familiar with Doctor Who as a kid. And going, knowing that it, this is all wrong, so I still did have that okay. you know, impression of, oh gosh, you know, this this is not the doctor we know because this guy's you know earthbound and he's a scientist. And so I, I did get that aspect of it, 
But as far as comparing the two one to one, originally I had seen Doctor Who and the Daleks first, and then now I saw Invasion of the Daleks before I saw Dalek Invasion of Earth twenty one fifty. Twenty one fifty AD. So. Not so I saw those. In, I saw those BC. in the order. I saw those in the order that you guys are familiar. But I, yeah, no, I saw Doctor Who and the Daleks back in high school or something. I think to a large extent, I would still enjoy it just for that '60s sci-fi aspect I think of so it. Too. But I, would I, too. I think I get a lot more enjoyment out of it because I'm familiar with Doctor Who, and it's so it's it's such a kind of a what if type movie from that perspective. Well, I'm glad you got a kick out of it. I was oh, a little yeah. concerned actually going into it that you might be like. Eh. <laughs> it's very much like the time machine. It's very much like I mean, as far as the the sixties film, the time machine, yeah. uh, twenty thousand leagues under the sea. That you know, just those those forbidden type planet. Of, yeah, yeah, forbidden planet. Those just kind of kitschy B movie type. I mean, when you think of B movie, but those fifties and sixties sci colorized sci fi films. They just, yeah. uh, this one has a little bit more of that that comedy, but yeah, element to it. And lava yeah. lamps. And lava, <laughs> there were lava lamps. Yeah. I do have to say, I don't... Uh, they looked very scientific. <laughs> <laughs> the console room, I'm not as impressed with. Yeah, okay, so if I you guys remember... Too cluttered. Back whenever we started this thing, and we I think it was Doctor Who the movie that we were, we were discussing, episode 8. And when it came on TV, I said... I, I kind of go through this any time there's a new credit sequence that I'm apprehensive until the TARDIS shows up. And then I relax and go, oh, it is my Doctor Who. This is not something weird. So watching this, and they get into the backyard, and there's the TARDIS, and I had my kind of moment and went, oh, okay, yeah, it's different, but it's still there. It looks like Eleven's. It looks like Eleven's TARDIS. Well, then they got inside. the first time I noticed that. I looked at it and went, wait a minute, that's Eleven's TARDIS. It's even got the St. John's Ambulance. It's got the St. John's Ambulance sticker on it. But then they get inside of it. And I realized, no, it's not the TARDIS showing up that makes me comfortable. It's the console room. <laughs> because this does not work for me at all. It's seeing that time rotor. Yeah, I needed, you know, I needed a time rotor. I, I guess maybe it's because I've seen this so many times. Maybe I come to it from a different aspect. But I kind I like this console room. I don't like this in our universe of knowledge. It works for I like a, this a, for a this film. Yeah. yeah, I like this for some dotting grandfather who's this scientific genius who has somehow stumbled across inventing time travel, and this is what it would look like in somebody's shed. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's what it I... Doesn't, it, it doesn't it, look like... No, and it, it, oh, it's yeah. so uh, appropriate for this film, so I like that. I like that it's very it, it, earth It, it earth works, but... Earth it's not alien. Logically, it makes sense to me, Glenn. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> emotionally, I go, no, no. Well, because even... I think the lever just alone. That's bad design choice. <laughs> Listen, as soon as as soon as Ian comes in the room and he's introduced to Peter Cushing as this is my grandfather, Doctor Who. <laughs> everything's out the door at that point. Oh, I know. But still emotionally, <laughs> it's, that's still in the first. No, 10 you minutes, shot so, my emotions. Um, <laughs> went nope. This is not even connected. I mean that's why I'm so I'm so okay with the fact that I I don't need to retcon this into my universe. It's this is its own thing because from the get go he's it's, Doctor Who and that does not work. Regardless of the 1960s crediting crediting Doctor <laughs> Who as Doctor Who in the in the series. I can write I can retcon it. No. I, I, I can retcon it. You as, know that, that this is one of the adventure tales that the fourth Doctor wrote. That got adapted Doctor, into a novel. Doctor Who and the Daleks. Yeah. 
and they adapted I'll, it incorrectly I'll do, I'll into do you a one, TV movie. I'll do you one better, and I think you guys are familiar with this. Moff, Stephen Moffat actually toyed with the idea of putting this in uh, Day of the Doctor. And what it was to be was to be this is a movie in the universe, and it's based on... Uh, the the idea of the travels or the knowledge of the fact that there was this guy somebody has had made this into a film based on the actual doctor but this is as, as good as they got it right and that actually Wotan that uh, in uh, the War Machines because it calls him Doctor Who that's where the knowledge was gotten was from Wotan back in the 1960s in order to develop this somebody had got the the information from Wotan made a movie called Doctor and the Daleks because that's where they got the information. And that's why Or maybe Wotan, Wotan got it from the movie. Well, that, that was the other way. But Wotan, <laughs> you know because Wotan, he was going to tie it back to the reason why Wotan calls him Doctor Who. is because, it's, yeah, and I think it's the other way. He's usually utilizing the information he's got on the Doctor from Doctor Who the movie. And so Stephen Moffat was going to canonize Doctor Who as just its own thing as a, as a film, Doctor, the Doctor Who films. But he couldn't do it. They couldn't get the rights to it or something. I remember what it I was, remember correctly. Because yeah, he yeah. wanted to put the posters in the yeah, Black the Archive. Yeah, the posters were supposed to be in the Black, dark ar- oh. black Archive. <sighs> so close. <laughs> I would have been fine with that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's, the, that's almost the only way you can do it. Yeah. Other than the big finish kind of gateway we've gotten now with how Sean had. Don't let me forget to tell you something off show or off off mic. Sorry, listeners, <laughs> gotta tell them to do this now, or uh, maybe you'll. It might be something down the line, so just keep that in mind. Okay. Sorry, okay. just canonizing something just made me something I've been working on for a while. Just, oh. just hit me. Not now, but the other night, and I just remembered it. So. Oh. All right. Work. <laughs> Work is progressing. There's work. Work is progress. <gasps> oh, I've got a foundation of an idea. Let's just put it that way. Okay. Uh, anybody that's new to the show is like, what are they talking about? <laughs> All will be explained <laughs> later. <laughs> just got to get Sean to write it. <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, man. Anything else on Doctor Who and the Daleks? Let's go ahead and get this show wrapped up. Uh, should we touch on the, the comic? Let's talk let's talk a little bit about the comic because uh, we do have... We do have a scan of the Dell comic that we were able to get a hold of. Uh, came out in the 1960s as well. Released uh, pretty much near the time of the, the release of the film to capitalize on the film. Um, it's about a 30-page comic, and it really just kind of condenses the story even, even more, more so. so. <laughs> <laughs> no chasm in the comic. Absolutely not. What would you guys think of the comic? I liked the no chasm. <laughs> I sound like a chasm hater. I really don't mind. I don't have anything personally against chasms. It's, it's just the use of chasms in the story. It's a good story for a comic book. It's yeah. a really good story for it a is. comic book. And, it, and I think it translates really well off the page. So, I mean, they, they're able to kind of streamline it into a one-off story. And it works really well, I think. And I don't know if it's because it came out so close to the movie or because... The design choices that they did in the actual movie, the art in this seems closest to anything we have read of the comic wise from this time period. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, I, you know, it, it always looks like Peter Cushing. It does. Oh, Although Ian, sometimes Ian it looks, looks like, like Vincent Ian. Price. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> Every once in a while, I'm watching Cushing in a horror film, I'm horror, horror, horror film, and seeing Vincent Price too. So I suppose that works. Wow, that really does look like. Uh, yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I think Susan's the only one I think that looks 
the most different from her character on the screen. Yeah, kind of looks like an older Grand Moff Tarkin too. (laughs) (laughs) With a mustache. With a mustache. With a mustache. Despite the TARDIS in this being green. Yeah, the TARDIS is green. Although now my argument doesn't isn't valid because there are blue Daleks in this. Yeah. So (laughs) I thought it was going to be an ink issue. You thought blue ink was cheap was was too expensive. So. I don't know and why they made it. Even when it faded, I thought maybe it was just that one page got got it wrong. But then when the, it's, at the very end, yeah, at the yeah. very end when it's dematerializing or spinning out into space, whatever it's doing, <laughs> it. Uh, I think the the interesting thing, some of the parallels that we thought were interestingly different, was the fact that in the Doctor Who the movie, the when they they're coming up with a way to thwart the Dalek that's coming to the bring them the food. Um, it's in the in the film. It's Barbara who decides that you they could use the food to put on the eye stock to bl- blind it temporarily. And in the comic book, ironically enough, it's Bud, <laughs> which it is in the series. Back to, and yeah. the Doctor's the one that decides that that's what it's like. They took that one heroic moment from Barbara away <laughs> and gave it to the she Doctor. She doesn't get much else to do in this. Um, but for the most part, I think most everything else is the same, with the exception well, one, of kind of one thing I found down. that was kind of oddly different which made it almost not as plausible is the start button yeah instead of being a big lever now it's just this little tiny button yeah. he's got to whack his head and on instead of like running into the lever he's got to fall backwards he just falls and backwards and hits his head on the button <laughs> another thing's different it doesn't Flash take Gordon style. it doesn't take any convincing to get the falls to <laughs> go to war with the Daleks in the comic book they're ready to go they just say we're gonna we'll fight for your freedom and ours and in in <laughs> The comic book, or name the comic, in the movie, as well as the series, they have to trick the Daleks into, uh, not necessarily trick, but do a little bit more convincing the Daleks that they're the better, or the Thals that they're better off fighting yeah. the Daleks. <clears throat> and special appearance by Red Dalek. Yeah. <laughs> in both. In both. <laughs> Friend of the show in his first TV role. Yeah, it's just an enjoyable yeah, story anyway, anyway around. I know, I... I seem to remember we may have been down on it just a little bit when we reviewed the uh, the Daleks um, originally, but I think a lot of that stemmed from Chasm. <laughs> the, the, the bloated nature. The of, bloated nature of seven parts. That we, well, of course, we watched well, it all in we one were, shot, well, yeah, we, which we, were, we didn't realize we thought it was seven parts We either. thought it was six, and when we just kept going, we like, how long is this? I do remember that. Did you guys know it was seven parts? We do now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, doing that for uh, for one of our Friday night Whoathons, all seven parts in well, one night, even, starting at midnight. That wasn't even Friday. It wasn't night even who. official one though. It was late. No, no, we, we didn't we tweet were, it. it we, yeah, no, it, it, it didn't tweet it along. Started we at just, midnight. It was earlier than that. Was it earlier than midnight? It was uh, when I got off work on a Friday. I think. Yeah, so I think yeah. it was like at an eleven o'clock time. Yeah. Maybe we might have wound up getting we probably started. started at eleven thirty or twelve. Yeah. It was way early in the morning when we finally finished up. I remember that. You guys didn't have to go home. I did. You no, guys were I, already I still did. Oh, were you still over? Yeah, I, I wasn't living with you. You weren't living yet. with no, me at that okay. point. No. Uh, that's how oh, that's right. You were over at the... And, yeah. Uh, that was like the... Yeah. That place. The over Tuesday running. after the Oscars that year. Yeah, that's right. Well, look at the memory on you. Well, that was it's the first time Sarah and I kind of just... Outside of... That's the first time after Oscars that we hung out. We sat and watched this epic long... <laughs> <laughs> so... And she still likes me. I can't figure this out. I I mentioned to her, I'm going to be rewatching that uh, <laughs> here ahead of. You want to watch it with me? <laughs> Explet if no. 
<laughs> Honey, it's our second date. <laughs> That's when I turned the spin on out. She's like, nope. <laughs> we don't have to do it this late at night. Nope. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on and finish this show out. Uh, I, I will say one other thing. I got really super excited. I know you want to finish the show. <laughs> I got really super excited when they brought in the cutting torch Dalek to cut through the elevator door. That because affected that the movie. The, series, the movie though. was impre- really impressive. It was impressive in the movie. The series, but the angle at which this thing was shot, it looked like it had one claw coming out of its middle with a flame on it, and I thought for sure it was Special Weapons Dollar. <laughs> <laughs> and then it turned, and it had a gun on the other end. I was like, aww. <laughs> Massive the, disappointment. The top was set completely in. wrong. <laughs> Didn't matter. <laughs> Precursor to Special Weapons Dollar. I was all set to retcon all kinds of things away, and then it went <laughs> dashed all my hopes and dreams but i have high hopes because i don't know that i've ever seen all of dalek invasion earth 2150 ad oh yeah and there might be one in there (laughs) so afraid not don't hold hold your breath (laughs) don't hold your breath i've seen that one fewer times than i've seen doctor the dogs but all right uh well be sure to uh join uh Become a patron supporter of this show uh, to do a so. Patron spoiler supporter of supporter. this show. Uh, to do so, you can go to our website, travelingthevortex.com, and on the right hand side of the page, there is a link. You can become a patron subscriber. Patron subscribers, 100 percent of what you uh, donate to uh, Patreon, you can choose how much you donate to us. Uh, but 100 percent of that goes right into this show. If you are already a patron supporter, we continue to thank you for that, and uh, we continue to be able to plug along because of those donations. Um, also, there's some uh, links on that right side of the page as well to various sponsors, and uh, that a portion of those proceeds also go back into this show as well. If you'd like to contact us, you can do that on various forms of social media, which are Facebook, Traveling the Vortex, Twitter, at Travel Vortex, we're on Instagram. Is that one Traveling the Vortex also? Yep, that's yeah, Traveling the Vortex. Uh, and of course, the Goodreads Book Club, and uh, we are on Google Plus if you are. <laughs> You're just going to keep doing that. I'm going to cancel that account so that you can't you do can't. it. We're it's not on our, Google Plus it's anymore. It's links to our Gmail account. Yeah. I wouldn't go to Google Plus because we haven't updated in like a year and a half, two years. Um, <laughs> you can, you can yeah. contact us through Google Plus. We won't see it. <laughs> Keith might. He I still might. uses Google Plus. I, I go so. uh, browse there occasionally. When do, you? I, do you check on the site? I no, go to my, he, I go to my Google. 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 One, yeah. But I, I check our traveling I just had this at gmail dot com oh, okay, account I, weekly to make sure there's no emails. I just in there. had this horrible thought that there's like ten thousand emails <laughs> no, no, no. feedback no, I, people I, I going. Why that. don't you read my letter? I check that weekly. Okay. All right. If that's going to do it for this week, until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. <laughs> thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening. I don't know why. I really don't know why you still are, but thank you for doing it. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.